Dowie the Scapegoat, back with Blair Crimmins. Welcome to season two of Dowie the Scapegoat, Blair Crimmins. Is it season two? Yes, thank you for being with me. It's been season two since like episode 37-ish, We is which is when we transitioned into out of the holiday experience for the Kremlins and into getting a little bit more serious about helping people with okay. our stories. Oh, okay. Uh, so I've had a variety of girl bosses. You've seen them come in and out of right. this house. And now I want to talk to you, sir. I'm part of business business season. Different businesses. What? All right. Yes, because people can <laughs> learn from you. I sat there, you know, I'm talking to all these different people with different experiences. Some of them are fantastic. Some of them, they've always quit jobs. Some of them, they've realized in hindsight, wow, I deserve to get fired at that one. And some of them <laughs> have these really beautiful stories about I've been laid off from every job and I love everything I've learned from it. Okay. Like very meditative. Mm-hmm. And I sat there going... How have I not got with Blair Crimmins of Blair Crimmins and the Hookers yet and mm-hmm. spoke to him about workplace toxicity when you have a song called Mean Mean Man, which yep. is entirely about your way of quitting your job through mm-hmm. song with a letter, like a handwritten note, which True. means just so much more. You yep. know what I mean? It's just extra. And you have had this song for a really long time. I haven't brought sure. that story to season two of Davi the Scapegoat yet. We're helping people get out of workplaces that have maybe just some some ugly parts, maybe mm. parts that you're you're just not growing there. Like, you know, you're not being watered in any way and it's time to go or helps you appreciate what you have is mm-hmm. what I think we're doing here. And you had an experience You've been in the service industry. You've been in hospitality. Man, I am. Listen, me like a lot of musicians. We we know a lot more than music because we've had every odd <laughs> job under the sun. Retail. I been in retail. I've been a bartender. I've been a server. I've been a construction worker. I've been a landscaper. I've been a painter. I've worked at a nursery for plant nursery. I've also I've been a golf caddy i've been an uber driver yep i have been have worked at a pet store i've worked at an ice cream store and a donut shop i worked at three ice cream stores you did naughty things at those I, ice cream and, stores. yeah if you go back now and listen what knows. episode was that i did naughty <laughs> stuff at, at, at least one of those i'm not yucking your yum i'm just <laughs> mad that it happened next to so many yummy things like <laughs> The lids were on the ice cream. Don't <laughs> that's, worry. That's all that matters. <laughs> <laughs> Health inspection day. Yeah. No idea. Um, but yeah, so I, I've I've learned I've learned a lot from all those random odd jobs, which has been cool because mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of valuable life knowledge from from being in construction and landscaping and even as a golf caddy. That was that was great. That was a good one. That really flexible. Oh, one. catering. <laughs> Um, yep. and who knows what else is going to pop into my head as we, as we keep going, but mm-hmm. you've this, worn many hats I've and you look really good in hats. Worn so, so many hats, that, so many uniforms, so many different aprons. So in case you have not heard the song, mm-hmm. Mean Mean Man from Blair Crimmins and the Hookers, you're going to love it. So just go follow them on Spotify you and listen to it anyways. You know, you're going to love it, but I'll put a little clip right here. Oh, you know, I hate to see you cry. So if you don't mind. Well, I'm starting a new band I'm playing drums 
a recognition letter and they shove it right down the throat. I said, I'll start my whole new band. Playing drums on an old gas can. Dancing on the bridge with a match in my hand. Yeah, I'm a mean, mean man. That was great. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, so, Good so stuff. I've had all those odd jobs, but for the last, how, how many years did I start? the band Blair Crimson Hookers that's when music became a real job for me after a year or so I was like oh I gotta start r- reporting taxes and 1099 <laughs> people because this is becoming um, a viable source of income and th- there's a whole lot of investments that I was making into the band of my own money to get us into these college conferences mm-hmm. which would book us for shows around the country playing colleges which you know all too well because I I made you help me out. Um, made me. Well, I asked you kindly, and you were still infatuated enough with me that you would travel <laughs> with me to to wherever I was going. Um, so that was wonderful. <laughs> yeah. I liked helping. That was fun. Remember? Yeah. I met a camel. You met a camel. Yeah. You met a camel. <laughs> oh, I forgot. And you met- I saw some cool stuff. When I was working at the at the restaurant for which the song- was written. Um, I was in the middle of of a really kind of like drastic change in my life where I had had this weird accident, um, physical accident where I had fallen and had a traumatic brain injury on a skateboard. I think I talked about that in the past episode. It might have been members only though. So. Okay, so quick recap. Quick recap. I was um, playing in a rock band, and I got back from a festival one night and decided to let my American Bulldog um, pull me on a skateboard through the parking lot, which I used to do a lot, but I didn't always fall. Um, this night, I fell, and I woke up like three days later in Grady Memorial Hospital in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, Shout out to them. That's I did tell the story, but um, shout out to them. And I experienced profound changes in my taste in music and just my overall kind of personality and perspective on the world. I I stopped. I I quit the band. I basically broke up the band that I was playing with to, to start a new group, Blair Crimson and the Hookers, which instead of rock music is a group that is focused on early 20th early 20th century jazz um a major departure from what i was doing before and once i did that things started to fall in place for my musical career and lots of people started coming to shows and here i am um i guess you could say almost 15 years later releasing another album and uh I'm a professional musician because of it. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that happened around the same time I was working at the restaurant. Um, shortly after the accident, I started the job at the restaurant, and then I, I broke up the band and everything. So I was just starting to like write um, the songs for Blair Crimmins, The Hookers, which were ragtime-inspired. I took up piano because the doctor's told me to um a great therapy for dealing with a traumatic brain injury was to play piano i didn't play much piano before but i i my uh grandma had an old piano that i moved into my house and i started writing songs on that i started writing songs on ukulele all this 
just really unusual stuff for a guy that just played guitar in a rock band before. All this time I was working at a restaurant um, to make money while I was doing this new project. And it came down to one day I... I have I had a demo coming out. I had a, a you know a short EP or whatever. Um, I wanted to premiere my music. I wanted to announce the new project, and I needed some photos. So as you know, press photo time. Yeah. Okay, I had this idea for press photos, which shows my multiple personalities. It's me sitting across the table from myself. Mm-hmm. One person is like in a Hawaiian shirt, drinking a beer, kind of a party guy. The other person is in a suit with a glass of wine, kind of snobby. There's another guy that has glasses on with a glass of whiskey. He's sort of a a, a, a rocker sort of person. The other guy... It's in ha- the, inside the musical stylings of album, right? It is. It's inside I, the, the first album. And because the I first album I did, it was... It was Jazz and 20th century jazz focus, but there was there was some wild cards in there. There was a Hawaiian sounding tune. Um, there and then was the, there's creepier. What there's, there's creepier, darker, darker stuff in there. That's, so whenever people are asking me like, which album should I buy if I could only get one today? I always try to talk them into the two for one deal. You know, like not two yeah. for one, but like that get to save a couple bucks deal. But you know, sometimes they're just like, I'm gonna get one today. And then they're like, so which one's the best? I'm like, I can't tell you that, but I can tell you what I love about each one of them mm-hmm. and what you'll love about each one of that them. That album. And then you can tell me what your vibe is tonight to walk away with. And yeah. they're like, okay. And I'm like, so do you like lovey-dovey, um, like happy uh, kind of free songs? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, or do you like want to be like in a creepy swamp <laughs> yeah new orleans bayou kind of there might you might just be there for the food but there might be a dead body happening that night like <laughs> yeah. somewhere in the a clue style mystery so i'm like do you want to be scared or feel really right. sugary sweet that and first the, album it, i touched on every corner of my artistic yeah. being you you definitely had some some angst in mm-hmm. there and i would say that mean mean man is is uh, the most fun exactly angst i've ever heard in my so life so <laughs> this so that that photo shoot was supposed to display the many different personalities that wanted to make in that album and i was working at the restaurant and i said i just want to come in here and use a table um and t- and do this photo shoot here in the restaurant oh, okay yeah yeah um and you still worked there I still worked there. I got the clearance. It wasn't a big deal. It didn't seem to be a big deal. So I hired a photographer, you know, which costs money. I also hired somebody to do hair and makeup, which also costs money. And I told them to be at this restaurant at a certain time. We were going to do a photo shoot. And I explained the whole concept and everything. So we get into the restaurant. After I had approved, I the manager seemed to be cool with it despite the whatever issues that I I had with them um, about other stuff. You already had they, issues. They, oh, yeah. I mean, they were, they were difficult. They were erratic. Um, <laughs> but they gave me the okay to come in and just come into the restaurant and use this, this certain area to, to do the photo shoot. Um, of course they did because why wouldn't they? It's, it's stupid. And they didn't ask for any money for it. But I showed up with the hair and makeup person and the cameraman and when I got in there the whole area that I was supposed to use was full of food and 
the they didn't tell me that they were doing some kind of catering event um. that day and they were using that that room to stage some of the stuff to be taken out now they didn't have to use that room there was other places that they could do it and i came in and i and i was like hey they said i could use the spot here for the photo shoot and the person that was in charge of the kitchen which was not the person that i talked to um was not having it they didn't want to make any adjustments for me and they were being kind of irate <laughs> about it and here i am with these two people that i that i booked and paid for and i have no place to shoot i i have offered i offered them <laughs> a bunch of money to change up what they were doing full well knowing that i was going to quit afterwards okay and not pay them any of that Aww. money. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's pretty like baller of you to just be like, I'll give you what name your prize kind of thing. It was pretty and, baller of me. Um, and and I, then, but fully knowing you yeah, weren't gonna. I'm okay. not gonna pay you that. I'm not gonna pay <laughs> you that. Shit. And I'm also gonna and I'm also gonna quit your dumbass job because I'd had enough. I'd had enough of of the dysfunction. Mm -hmm. um, it was a family owned business, oh, dear. so there was no. No communication between father, son, daughter that, you know, that was kind of responsible for some of it. Um, so Sonny brought up uh, the I nepotism like, in the family owned business and how tough that is. And I'm like, oh, Man. yeah. Well, and that's an that's an, that was an office job. I mean, this is a restaurant. Uh, I got to say, you know, how many people that have worked at a restaurant? Can say that it was the most healthy that's place in the world. There's that's, always <laughs> you're always just dealing with 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 psychos. That's, um, that's a that's actually came up on Cheaties is yeah. we were like there's no re, uh, service industry restaurant industry that doesn't have some type of trauma being yeah. <laughs> ensued yeah. on its employees, and we were like, except maybe this one place that's owned by like this sweet old lesbian sure. couple out in Utah, and they just make pies. They and are all just—they <laughs> are all absolutely dysfunctional. And I might not be recalling everything to a T. I—I I don't think. Now that I think, maybe they didn't—they didn't care about the money that I was throwing at them. But I think we were able to wait like a couple hours or something and do this photo shoot. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's what happened. I can't recall. But I I did start going back to work just very briefly um, before I quit. I was pretty fed up because when I started bartending there, um, I was told by the other bartenders that you, you could expect to make this amount of money. You know, like it's not the best bartending job in the world. The place wasn't known for being a bar. It was known for being a restaurant and a, and a small one and also a very, very particular um, type of ethnic food that maybe not everybody's into and doesn't, don't usually go um, to these kind of restaurants to, to have a drink. So they told me how much money I could expect. When I started bartending there, I made that amount of money, but it drastically increased. I had regulars. Mm -hmm. I had people that wanted to come in and sit at the bar and drink with me mm -hmm. or drink in front of me yeah. i actually didn't drink at all at the time but um i was sober due to my head injury i didn't want to mess my brain up anymore i <laughs> <laughs> uh, did a number on it yeah yeah i wanted to give it time to heal but i felt like the bar sales drastically increased meanwhile the management 
would always have me pouring them drinks. They were they were there draining the bottles every night. Yeah. You know? And there was also something going on with the one of the other family members that was in charge of the music program and he would pay the some of the musicians out of the drawer. I think I was getting blamed for short for the drawers being short. Mm. And I and I multiple occasions I had gone back into the office and seen that the management was specifically watching the camera that overlooked me because yeah. maybe a friend came in or something like that and I just thought like they're watching me like a hawk. They think I'm ripping them off. I've never I never stole a dollar well, if they're coming and getting like little shots of vodka, then yeah, no wonder they they're, forgot. <laughs> exactly, they forgot, and <laughs> and maybe the, maybe the profits aren't adding up. And that's what I said when eventually I wrote them the letter, and I uh, which was my resignation letter that I mentioned in the in the song Mimi Man. And in that letter, I was like, y- you know, if you if you're not getting profits out of this bar, it's because half of the bar is going down your throat. Yeah. And you are giving away drinks to everybody that knows your name. But I have never given away a single beverage to anybody. I'm not stealing anything. You are losing your profits because you and the rest of your family are drinking them. They're in your belly. They're drinking. (laughs) Wait, guys, I found them. Yeah. They're in your belly. (laughs) And And I'm just tired of you not giving me any respect for the hustle that I'm doing at your bar. Like the, the, all the drinks that I, the drinks that I was making, two people probably should have been on the bar because it, the, the restaurant expanded and I was still able to fulfill all those drink orders for all the tables. So after the whole debacle with the photo shoot, I did, I just, I, I wrote a letter. Um, it was after the debacle of the photo shoot and for the, the last time just feeling like she was suspecting me of, theft i did write the letter that said all these things you're drinking the profits and i never did anything to to deserve this and you're an idiot <laughs> <laughs> you said you're an yeah. idiot oh i don't think you're I that's said, amazing i said i don't think you're a bad person but i think you're an idiot <laughs> <I can't. laughs> and and then You're I not a bad person, Davi. Like morally, it gets worse. Bad. <laughs> I took the took the letter and I sent it as an email, uh-huh. and I copied in every employee <gasps> that worked at the restaurant to see it. You didn't. Yes. Blair. <laughs> you got the multiple syllable Blair Yikes. again from me. <laughs> That's extra. Okay, nice. An email. You said yeah. you're not a bad person, but you're an idiot. That was kind of nice, honestly, because, I mean, I'm sure they deserved worse. And what's weird about this story is, you know, it sounds like a whole lot of people that were uh, projecting their own illness, alcoholism, whatever, mm. and you became a scapegoat mm. for these people's inability to accept their own vulnerabilities and their own issues and problems I and think so. it yeah you you got sacrificed bro i came to work well they tried it I they tried it make and... money and make them money when they came in it was about giving away stuff and being being friends with the clients they had these ridiculous cards that were called i know the owner cards <laughs> which would get it all you had to do was just like be friendly to them. Straight They'd be like, to jail, "Hey, collect, you no, know, you, don't you know me," <laughs> which gets them some kind of discount. Yeah, uh, friends and like, family discount. That's mm-hmm. silly. And I'm like, 
well, I know the owner too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, I've never given anybody a discount. I've never given myself a discount. One yeah. Thing, one thing they did that I really can't stand, this goes out to any other restaurant managers, is they would they would set up their office at the bar <laughs> with their with their with their books and whatever uh, accounting or orders shit that they were doing that day. Yep. Listen, mm-hmm. when customers walk into a restaurant and they see an owner or a manager sitting in a bar with a bunch of like office crap sprawled out, that sucks. That sucks. You don't. I don't want to sit at that bar. Yeah. And it doesn't give me a great feeling about the rest. Go into your damn office. Don't or, they have a little office? They had a little office. That I mean, like with a really nice lock, you know, yeah, just in case. So it was small, but I'm sorry. Figure out a different way. It's yeah. it's unsightly. Man. It's bad curb appeal. Yeah. You should have, the first thing that, that people should see when they walk into a restaurant is a nice restaurant full of happy to help employees, not some... Uh, surly manager going over the numbers at the with corner his, of the bar. With, with pinching between his <laughs> yeah, eyes. Yeah, the, the, the yeah exactly. Of his nose, oh, God, Take well, that shit elsewhere. We're gonna die. <laughs> this place, <laughs> this awful, awful place. We failed the health inspection again. That's not, exactly. you don't want to see that when you walk yep. in. You want to see like shiny, uh, like the way I want our house to look when we have company. Like no one's ever been in here before. <laughs> no one lives here. Well, that, Welcome to our home. Well, no, that's, that's a little <laughs> that's a little too much i, I no, want it to look I, like people <laughs> ate there and maybe, maybe a server a popular, rolling silverware in the popular. corner <laughs> but so help me god if i see a calculator if i see a calculator and one on of those fucking bar <laughs> i'm gonna lose my freaking mind well are there any uh do you have any regrets about how you handled it regrets about how i handled that yeah. um, the song came later right the song the or song the song happened i wrote during. the song like probably that night. Oh my you know? god! I mean, I, Love it, it. I, 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 like I said, I was. Uh, you had a lot. Your fingers must have been tired. You sent that email. You cc'd everyone. I, I quit the job. So <laughs> and then you wrote yeah. The song. So I was working on the music as I was working as I was working at that restaurant. I think I wrote the final song for the EP that was about to come out right after I quit that job, and and it became such a popular tune. They kind of steered me. In, in the, in the direction, direction that the that that a lot of my music would be, um, I don't think I should have. I, I, it's a little. I mean, I guess it's a little embarrassing. Like if I ever run into those people, <laughs> you know, I don't care anymore. Um, yeah. it's it sucks to to walk around town and think uh, if I ever saw if I ever saw them, I'd probably want to dip out. You know, just be somewhere else. Just be somewhere else. You're like yeah, these are of. just. I have no regrets because okay. I, these are people I would never want to be. Start over. Again. One thing that I regret <laughs> is that I actually really liked the food there. Oh, oh! Um, I remember you sent me one. I, I had to get it like in 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 disguise. There is this <laughs> one dish. There's at least there's more than one dish that that other restaurants make, but they just don't they just don't compare. And I. And I wish I could go back to that place. Although they're they they closed in the location that I worked at, at worked at. I don't know. I think there might be an, a location open somewhere else that I could mm-hmm. get it, but can't we, be sure. Then we might be able to get away with it. I remember yeah. when we were still dating. I hadn't changed my last name yet, and we got it. Like and, I got pickup for you a couple times, mm-hmm. and they had no idea. And then once we were married, you were like, "You can't do it anymore, right? <laughs> we can't go back there. <laughs> it's the worst thing, man." All right, so it is tough to 
work from home when home there's always something to do at home like everything in the house is a job and now you're working from home so you're constantly distracted so how do you avoid getting burnout and how do you avoid getting distracted by the thousands of other things that need to happen that day how do you get around that you just take a bath no i know (laughs) (laughs) i i mean I, you know this, I have a Zen practice. I have a meditation practice that has really helped me kind of um, compartmentalize. Of, in a good way. In a good, in a good <laughs> way. I, I, is that, I, I don't know if that's the right term for it, but like sort of like time blocking things where it, with meditation, if I sit down for 45 minutes, I know that that's the amount of time that I'm going to sit there. And I might think about all the other stuff that I have to do. But that doesn't, I'm not going to let that stress me out because right now I'm focused on sitting. That's the only thing that I'm supposed to be doing at that moment in time is sitting. And that's kind of what Zen practice is all about. So when I'm done sitting, I find the next thing that I'm supposed to do. And I have a certain amount of time that I'm going to work on that. And then everything has, everything is prioritized with me on what I'm going to work on and when and a, what a, if you're a, not done by the time your next thing comes up? You stop. You still stop? Yeah. You don't finish that thing? Yeah, you stop. You what st- if you don't finish a single thing in a day? Well, if you... Because you kept it, moving on. You'll <laughs> well, that means you didn't allocate enough time to any single thing in a day. Uh, why is it... I'm panicking. <laughs> like, <That> meant- <laughs> just talking about... I'm like, you just stop and move on. Like, I, at if the end of the got, day, I'd go, I finished nothing. If you have something that needs to be done that day, and it, then you spend as much time as you need to finish it that day. Chances right. are you probably have, I don't know, how many, uh, however many number of days to finish it. So you should just plan ahead and know that like you could you need to put in plan this much ahead. time <laughs> like for instance yeah. with the album that i just finished huh. i time blocked the hell out of that yeah i knew that i needed to have all the all the, all the songs recorded by a certain time i had already set the date for recording before i had all the songs finished and i cuz because I knew I needed to get into that that recording studio and have have the album finished by spring, I wanted to release it. So I had already planned on going in and recording songs that I hadn't written yet at a certain time. And I looked at the calendar and I said, "All right, Blair, you got to write like two songs a week for the next three months mm-hmm. to have an album." Yeah, and, and you did it. And yeah, and that that took priority because that deadline was so so Im- important. Yeah, prior, prior prioritizing <laughs> with a few things. Probably should have done that. With prioritizing a few and time blocking. Um, if it doesn't need to be done today, then you don't do it today. I guess I would say that the new way that I am dealing with burnout or overwhelm at home and getting stuff done, like, mm-hmm. is by giving myself little treats, <laughs> like little sweet treats, throughout the day. Little sweet that treats. I know, a little little treat in some way. I mean, I even. I started drinking the AG1 mm-hmm. because I have actually... Oh, that is a nice sweet treat. I have mild really... Sweet yeah, it's so mild sweet, and I've really enjoyed the flavor, and we were always starting our day with it. You know, it was a great thing to just chug down 12 ounces of one scoop of AG1, and you got all your vitamins and supplements for the day, and then eating your breakfast, and then you're like turbocharged and ready to go. I started doing it like as a midday thing. I'm just like, let's do that. 
Yeah. Like maybe I could shake it up and put it in the fridge and let it chill in there and then come and get it for after lunch when I finish something. Yes. So it's a little sweet treat. And it's it, a great time marker yeah. for that middle of the day like achievement. Yeah. Now I get to have this. Yeah. I get to have this cup of coffee or the AG1. And especially because they say that sitting down and working on the computer is the new smoking. So I'm like, you're just telling me that my bones are just this is the new thing that's going to be hurting are us. Are you sitting five packs older. a day? Yeah, I'm sitting five packs a day, Blair. I can't do this. So AG1 is, it makes me feel like I'm doing something good for my body. So it's like a little sweet treat. Yeah. And it makes me feel like, okay, all of those vitamins that maybe my bones really need mm-hmm. because apparently I'm sitting five, five packs, packs a day. Yeah, I could smell the sitting on your clothes every day. <laughs> <laughs> so it's helping me out. It feels like I'm doing something nice for myself. And now it's become a little nutrition, That's a little awesome. sweet treat that I crave. That's so I'm getting perfect. stuff done just so I can get to my That explains a lot. My 1230 your, your breath used to smell like sit. Stop it. You cannot. <laughs> you need to enunciate. Or was that the point? Your <laughs> breath smells like sit. Now you it sounds cannot. like essential vitamins and nutrients. Oh, my gosh. It, you're, from AG1. Okay, so if. <laughs> If you also want to cover all of your nutritional bases and give yourself a little sweet treat, like I did, and Blair's on the AG1 by Athletic Greens Train, too. Yeah, so Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase of AG1. So today, I need you to go to athleticgreens.com slash Davi. That's athleticgreens.com slash Davi. Take care of yourself today. Treat yourself. Get your little sweet treat mild mm-hmm. sweet treat of some AG1 check it out today that's one way that I've been dealing with burnout I also wanted to ask you Blair mm-hmm. we are not our jobs so we are more than that mm. and whenever you go to parties these days small talk generally centers around what do you do okay. what do you do you've got it at parties you say I'm a musician and people are like mm-hmm. sing me something yeah. son and sometimes and- I do Sometimes you do, and that's that. mortifying for me <laughs> at, at, at times. Um, you don't do that shit for free, Crimmins. So what do you wish <laughs> people, people would walk up to you at a party and ask you about what would make you launch into a TED Talk? What is your most interesting thing that you know that you're proficient in, your brain is just filled with all the information you need on this, and no one ever asks you about it, and you oh, would just man. like to talk about it more often? If anybody wanted to ask me about chameleon husbandry (laughs) then i will talk your ear off okay yeah i know way more than i ever thought a single person can know about raising a lizard from madagascar that changes colors yeah called the chameleon you know too much i know too much you said and i you can talk people out of it that's exactly right what you're trying to do that's exactly right i want you to i want somebody to come up and say i'm thinking about getting chameleon so i could tell you the hundredfold reasons why you shouldn't and i will thoroughly vet you and then let you know at the end of the conversation whether or not you are a candidate for successfully raising a chameleon okay so you just want to judge people's knowledge of reptiles and i want to make i want to make sure that they know what they're getting into yeah uh, i don't want to set them up for tragedy yeah i'm gonna get you a little um, t-shirt that says ask me about, ask my, me chameleon about my chameleon husbandry mm-hmm. <laughs> i love it i i love those little animals and i'm probably gonna have one for the rest of my life only because at this point i have a 
master's degree in raising <laughs> them. So why am I, why am I going to stop now? <laughs> Never stop. I can't. I and and it's amazing how often they come up even accidentally. Like mm-hmm. I went to my sister's wedding and all these girls were talking about their cricket and they were talking about their cricket and blah blah blah. And I was like, what you got? You got crickets up in this crickets. house? You got a lizard in the bedroom? Let me see that lizard. And they're like, what are you talking about? And I was like, you said you got crickets. And they're like, no, a cricket, because they it's something you use to like, for crafts. Oh. Like it's it's something maybe you use for pressing or burning wood or pressing shirts or something. A cricket? They, I was very embarrassed because it was all these girls that, you know, have yeah. Etsy shops and they're really proficient craft yeah. makers and and they all speak this language mm-hmm. of, you know, they're running their own businesses and they're making their sure. own stuff and I'm I'm like, You got a lizard in there? That's not the language of our house. Yeah, and I go, sorry. When you say cricket in our I'm house, from a we different world. <laughs> we mean literal <laughs> fucking bugs. Like when you're scrolling on Facebook or TikTok mm-hmm. and you see somebody getting a bug dug out of an orifice <laughs> like an ear hole, and you're like, Who could live in such squalor? It's mm, us. It's not us. We're it's the buggier people. We're not the buggier people. We could be I- one day. But I do. You're pretty good about not letting them loosen. You'd like take yeah. them outside in order to transport them now, and yep. they don't get loose in our mm-hmm. house. Yep, we're good. We got a system <laughs> now. So yeah, every night when you go to sleep, I put toilet paper in your ears to keep you out. <laughs> That's what's happening. And then I pull it out first thing in the morning before you wake up. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> and so, get all the crickets out of our bed. <laughs> next time you're at a party, just look around, and uh, if you want to like really. Find the buggier person in the room. Just be like, "How do y'all feel about lizard husbandry and uh, chameleons from Madagascar uh, (laughs) being bought and sold from New Jersey?" Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then one person at that party, maybe two, maybe two, is going to be like, "I got opinions on reptiles." Do not even get me started. You'll have a whole another podcast, and maybe you want that. I don't know. We'll vote. All right. (laughs) Put it up to a vote. Do you want a chameleon podcast, people? Make your voice heard. I'm starting a whole new band. I'm playing drums on an old gas can. Dancing on the bridge with a match in my hand. Yeah, I'm a mean, mean man. Dancing on the bridge with a match in my hand. I'm a mean, well, I'm a mean, mean man. Yes, I am. How have I not talked to Blair Crimmins of Blair Crimmins and the Hookers. You stumbled over that last How? name for a second. Shut up. It's <laughs> no. better than stumbling on fidelity. <laughs> Everlasting That's fidelity. Right. But, but, but. Okay. Wow, you got that one real quick.